Welcome back, everybody, to the nerdiest podcast in the Midwest, an episode where we're talking all things comic book entertainment this week on the Midwestern Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Brian Stoffel, joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my sidekick on this podcast. K.O. Kyle Olson. We are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. This week, we're going to take a step back in time a week where the comic book entertainment world was shook by the news of current chairman, co-CEO of DC Studios, James Gunn, announcing the first part of phase one of the DC universe, Gods and Monsters. We're going to be talking about all this news. We're going to do some deeper dives into some of the stuff that we covered last week. And then we're going to be talking all things speculation-wise of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That movie comes out next week. They had their Hollywood premiere earlier in the week this week. Some uh, first reactions have come out that I'm sure my co-host here has heard some of them. Exciting stuff. We're going to dive into some of that because I'm just going to come out with some news right away. We're not going to have an episode next week. We won't be dropping a Midwesterners episode Next week, we both are getting bent over at work and just not, it's not going to fit in our schedules. If this was our full-time job, we would absolutely promise you an episode. But unfortunately, this is a side project, a hobby at best, as much as it pains me to say. And so uh, Midwestern Nerds just isn't going to fit in the cards for us next week. So we won't have an episode. So we're going to do our little foreshadowing look ahead to Quantum Mania this week as we won't be up next week. But first, let's get into this DCU announcements that happened last week. I'm going to just come out right out and say it. There was a part of me that didn't even think we were going to get this news because James Gunn literally waited until the very last day of january promised this news in january he did keep his promise he made us wait all the way till the end of the month i didn't get to see the news until my lunch break and when i did i was like huh interesting (laughs) there are some things that make sense to come from james gunn Mm -hmm. there are some things that make sense to do right away for dc there are some things that i was like huh interesting (laughs) and then there are some things that i myself am kind of confused about so we'll get into all that but before we do kyle what were your general first impressions reactions to the james gunn gods and monsters phase of dc 
I think our faithful listeners at this point know how much I absolutely love and adore and trust James Gunn. As Despite a... the fact that you haven't even watched Super yet. Correct. Uh, that's on the <laughs> list. <laughs> I have to buy it on Amazon, but that's why. No, the the just the overall trust and love of this man ha- and like just seeing the excitement on his face while talking about a lot of these projects have made me excited for DC. Like I know the expectations are somewhat low for a lot of people and a lot of people are going to be very hesitant going into some of these movies early on until they kind of build up that trust, which is absolutely warranted. They've, they've kind of, DC has dug their own hole and I think James Gunn knows that, but just like I said, the excitement, on his face and in his voice while he was talking about some of these projects have made me excited about projects that I have a never heard of and B I've never been interested in, in some, in the projects in, in the few projects that I did know about. There are some of them that I had no interest in and now have a lot of interest in, and we'll dive into that as we go, but just James Gunn as a brain, (laughs) as a human, I very much am excited to see what he can do with this. Yeah. I, I overall excitement. Before he got into the new stuff, he kind of cleared the air on some of the previous announced DC projects that the things that were announced and filmed and finished and created before him and Peter Safran came in to head DC, the DCU. And so he, he kind of touched on some of those this year. We do have Shazam, Fury of the Gods coming in March. We have The Flash coming in June, and that is going to be the quote-unquote epic restart of the DC Universe. We also have Blue Beetle coming in August. From what it sounds like, that's going to be, even though it was made prior to James Gunn and Peter Safran coming in, it sounds like that's still going to be part of their DC Universe. For the little bit of knowledge that I have with Blue Beetle, I know that he is very much hand-in-hand in in the comic books with a certain character called Booster Gold, which we'll touch on later. So I I think that's why he's going to be sticking around. And then we're going to be wrapping things up with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. He also talked about two little Batman projects that have already been announced and have at least started pre-production on one filming on the other. That would be the Batman Part 2 and Joker 2 Fale Adu, I think it's how it's pronounced. Those are still going to be happening. They are going to be what's deemed entitled as Elseworlds projects, which for comic book uh, nerds like myself, that was a very exciting word. Um, Very exciting possibilities can come out of Elseworlds projects. Basically what it means is they're still going to exist, but they're not going to be a part of everything that's going on in the regular DCU entertainment that's going on. Uh, In the comic books, Elseworlds stories were stories and comics and events and miniseries that took place outside of continuity and outside of everything that was going on uh, in the DC comics. So for, for, for us comic book nerds, it was an exciting thing to hear. Uh, Joker Folly Adu, I think they said was October of 2024. And then the Batman part two is set to release October of 2025. 
the same year uh, as the new Superman movie and King Dynasty. What a fucking year that's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. Uh, other things that have been previously announced, Peacemaker Season 2 is going to happen at some point. It sounds like it's going to be very far down the line just because of how mm-hmm. busy James Gunn is right now. The fact that he's writing a lot of these shows and his partner, uh, Peter Safran, wants him to direct the Superman movie as well, even though he he's making it seem like he's on the fence about it, but it's more than likely going to happen that he's going to be directing that. So because of all that, uh, he's not going to have time to do Peacemaker season two, but it is still coming. And there's another project that's linked to Peacemaker that we'll be talking about shortly as well. Gotham Knights is a CW show that I'm not going to lie. It looks awful. (laughs) And, I don't think it really needs to be brought up other than the fact that I, it sounds like that's still happening, but it's probably going to be an Elseworlds deal. Uh, Superman and Lois, also a CW show, I think is still going on for now. Uh, all of this could have either happened and I didn't hear about it or could easily change before we get to 2025 when all of this stuff drops and releases and starts. And Pennyworth... The uh, origin story of Batman's Butler, I think, is what HBO Max like retitled that show. Uh, <laughs> they they finally canceled that. Uh, that happened early this week, I think. So uh, that's all of like the current DC stuff that's going on. Any thoughts on that before we jump into the newly announced stuff, Kyle? I mean, the biggest thing that I wanted to touch on was Flashpoint and them telling and them calling it a specific hard reset for the DCU. I cannot wait. The fact that James Gunn said that it is the greatest superhero movie ever made or something along those lines. I I know. I, I don't know if that's that's probably just him selling, but j- I cannot wait to see this movie. I already had such high expectations. And again, I'm not I'm not thinking this is going to be the perfect 10 out of 10 movie. This movie is going to be so out there and open and wild and it's going to change so many things. It's just going to be a spectacle of anything. It, like it's it's going to be a moment in history. It's it's obviously going to change the DCU. It's just going to be so massive that I just I absolutely can't wait for this movie for so many different reasons. I I would love to see I think we're going to get a new flash cuz I don't think Ezra Miller is going to continue. I would love we're going to I don't think we're going to we're going to get a different Batman. I don't think that's going to be the Batman that we're going to get. I, there's going to be so, I I just absolutely can't wait. The, <laughs> this movie, the fact that he's even still bumping it up even though it has was started before he got there and all that stuff. I can't wait for them to reset this universe. <laughs> I feel like this movie's being way overhyped just oh, because yeah. I, I feel like they're afraid of how many people are actually going to want to see this movie. Fair. But that being said, I am still excited for it. And I hope that it in my in my standards good. <laughs> Brian, I can tell you right now, <laughs> there is zero percent chance that this movie is going to be better than Infinity War. Zero percent chance. 
I think it, there's a 0% chance that it's going to be better than The Dark Knight too, which is what a lot of people are saying <laughs> exactly. that I've already seen it. But exactly. that being said, I, I don't need it to be that good. I just need it to be somewhat good. It's going to be, it's, <laughs> I don't care if the movie is good or bad. It just needs to have massive moments, different character. Like it just needs to be, I Flashpoint for a, a fan of the Arrowverse, right? Flashpoint is like big, obviously a fan of the comics too. Flashpoint is huge. There's awesome Flashbook or Flashpoint comic books. But like uh, same for the MC or for the Arrowverse. I've seen Flashpoint and how it can kind of, they didn't do it. They could have done a fucking full season of it. They did like two episodes, but I just, I love the idea of it. The fact that they're using it to reset the, it's just so perfect. I like the James Gunn, obviously just, it just landed into his lap that this is how this is happening. And, I can't imagine the rewrites, but I'm I'm just so excited because there's so many different possibilities. I I, I can talk about this for a full episode, I think. <laughs> I'm just excited to see a 60-something Michael Keaton dressed up in his classic Batman suit saying, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> uh, that's, that's it. That's all I want to see. And I'm sure we'll see it in the trailer on Sunday when it drops during the Super Bowl. So True. that and there's like there's like 11 different movies that are coming out with uh, trailers on Sunday for the Super Bowl. So hey, it's fucking smart. It's like the most watched sporting event in the world. So true. If we were doing an episode next week, that's probably what it would have been about. But yeah. unfortunately, like I said, uh, it's just not falling into the cards. But what is falling into the cards is the DCU announcement. So let's jump into them. Uh, let's start with the movies because my references are using that first. So we're going to start with the movies. First up, Superman Legacy, written by James Gunn. The film will hit theaters on July 11th, 2025. It's going to focus on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. One of the things that I really appreciated about James Gunn and this announcement is, I think it was the day after, he tweeted all of the comics that are going to be inspiring all of these upcoming movies and TV shows, which I really wish that Marvel would do more. I get that some of their movies, like Civil War, is like, huh, wonder what book that's based off of. Or Infinity War. <laughs> but I, I like the fact that he's somewhat tying in comics. Because one of my big questions, too, I, I might be jumping the gun here, is, um, no pun intended, mm -hmm. uh, he he's said multiple times in this announcement that the movies, the TV shows, the video games, the animated series, all of these things are going to be connected. But one thing that was left out was the comics. Warner Brothers does own the DC comics yet. What's going on with those? Because I know when AT&T owned Warner Brothers, they had their hands in the comic book stuff. And in my opinion, I feel like the DC comics are still suffering from that. Uh, there's like 25 different Batman titles and there's a ton of other DC books that I don't think a whole lot of people are buying unless it's Batman. And I, I think that's a problem. And so I like the fact that he's like, these are the, the books. These are the series that we're going to be referencing in our stuff. But 
the comic book guy in me is like, well, what's going on with the comic books then? But different conversation for a different time. All of that to bring it back around. Superman Legacy is going to be based off of the Grant Morrison story, All-Star Superman, which I'll be honest, I'm not a big Superman fan, never been a big Superman guy, so I haven't read a whole lot of Superman comics, but I do know that title because a lot of Superman fans love and adore that book. So what better source material to pull from, I guess? We'll find out July 11th. 2025 when this hits any any thoughts on this one kyle before we continue on to the next so i'm actually going to save a lot of my thoughts on this title for when we talk about another related title later because i feel like they fit very well together so i want to talk about those two together my main thing that i want to talk about right now is i'm not a superman fan i have always kind of despised the superman character just because I guess I haven't I haven't gone into the Superman character where I just look at him as this overpowered, indestructible superhero. That seems so fucking boring to me. And that's always how I've seen it. And that's how the Superman haters talk about it, which I completely understand. However, James Gunn and a lot of these YouTube personalities that I watch, a lot of them like Superman's their favorite character in all of super in all of comics. And it's like what it's so at it. it Almost since over the past month, since this announcement has come out and since James Gunn's taken over and all this stuff and so many more people are talking about a new uh, another run on Superman. I've, I've almost like looked at myself and been like, OK, fuck, what am I missing? What am I missing with the Superman character? Now I want to give it a chance. And again, I will, I'll talk about this more later, but I'm I'm very interested in the in the route that they're taking the character because it does add a lot of depth to the character which again makes makes me pretty interested actually in the story. It's just surprising to say. I never thought I would, would be interested in a Superman story, but here I am. So, yeah, I'll talk about that more later. I'm in the same mindset as you. Superman's never been my guy, and I'm a guy who's read comic books for years. Mm-hmm. I've felt pretty similar about Superman, like he's overpowered things that people like used to throw at captain america before the winter soldier came out of him being like goody two shoes boy scout i felt like superman was like that times 10 and i felt like whenever we did try to depower superman from like the stuff that i've seen like especially the 90s animated series like superman kind of turned into a little bitch whenever like he got overpowered or like and by that i mean like they had to power him down and then overpower him or like you fling a little pebble of kryptonite at him and he'd like be like so weak and he'd like turn into like a little fucking noodle boy that (laughs) could easily get overpowered never it's never hit me i I never liked the the god like appearance that Zack snyder's movies gave to him so he's never worked for me as a character i'm very interested to see what james gunn does with him because the last thing i'll say about this movie before we go on is that this is the most important movie for james gunn and peter saffron and their dc plans this is the quote-unquote start of their of their dc universe 
which they said that about like two other projects as well. So I'm really kind of confused where the actual start is going to be. But with this being the first movie that's going to come out, it's not coming out until 2025. They are only contracted for two years. So if this movie fails, they could easily be like, Warner Brothers could easily be like, nope, we're going to wipe our hands clean. We tried it. It didn't work. None of your plans are going to work. We, we're not interested anymore. Thanks for trying. Thanks for playing. Here is the, uh, the, 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 the board game version that you can take home. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it was a game show and they lost. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the, the correct term for it, like a contemporary prize or something like that. Um, sure, yeah. So, yeah, this is important. If this fails, I think their universe like their plans for their dc universe fails and if that happens like i i have no idea what's in what's in store for the fate of dc as a whole not just movies not just shows but comic books as well because it'll be interesting again i have so much blind trust in this man and he was so this was one of the multiple projects that he was extremely passionate about Obviously, because he's writing this, it sounds like he's probably going to direct it. I have so much blind trust in this man that I think this movie is going to, I think it's going to catapult the DCU into like high expectations for every project. But who I, knows? I, I think his only like trip, I don't even want to say stumble, but like, you know, when you're walking and you trip over your own feet and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. you, you stumble for like a second and you keep on going. Oh, yeah. I, I think Guardians 2 would be that. But otherwise, like everything else, sir, I know you're shaking <laughs> your head. That movie was good. It wasn't great. Guardians 1 was great. But that being said, like everything else that he's done so far has been great. Nothing but so, bangers. So, yeah, I have my trust in the guy. It's just it, it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Speaking of that, let's continue to peel back the layers of this unfolding. That sounded kind of bad, but I'm just going to ignore it and keep going. The Authority. Uh, This movie is going to be based off of the Wildstorm characters. So Wildstorm was kind of like an offshoot of DC comics. Uh, So they're going to be introducing them into the DCU as a whole. And... It's going to be focusing on the members of the authority taking matters into their own hands to do what they believe is right. I have not read this series. I have heard the name in passing. But before this, I couldn't tell you anything about it other than, yeah, that's a DC project. From what I've heard from people talking after these announcements came out, it's very much comparable to The Boys. This is like, this is like a a team of superheroes that, you know, are don't have a set of rules or guidelines that like Batman and Superman would have. That they're gonna kill. They're going to deem that they're gonna be judge, jury, and executioner. uh, Essentially, Uh, it's hardcore. They're they're very adult books. Uh, They're like mirror superheroes of the justice league the two uh main members of of the authority are like batman and superman but they are gay 
So it's like if Batman and Superman were lovers and basically did everything that they did in the Snyderverse movies. Snyder fans, come at me. Don't care. Uh, Yeah, that's the authority. I think this movie is going to be setting up the thing that brings the Justice League together eventually to have to take down. I think this is going to cause some of these superheroes to be like, hey, like these guys, like they're trying to do good, but they're not doing it the right way. They're giving us other superheroes a bad name. They're taking things too far. I think we need to team up so that we can take them down. I think that's ultimately the place that the authority is going to have in this DCU and where that's going to go as far as the DCU goes. I'm I'm excited for this project. I think the the concept intrigues me a lot because especially because of the quotes that they were giving about it like c- comparing it to Jack Nicholson's character from F- Few Good Men like where he's th- there's a hard set of rules and they follow those rules. What you know, there's no interpretation of the rules. The rules are the rules and that's how they follow. Like that's the James Gunn again saying there's not there's not really good guys and bad guys. There's white hats, black hats, and gray hats, right? Like there's a, there's a mix of people are doing what they think are good, whether you're on the good side, bad side, or in the middle. So like this focusing on a group that is in the middle, I think is going to be extremely interesting. I'm very, I'm very curious to see the audience reaction coming out of this movie because it could be very divisive, but like you said, I think it could set up something very good in the future for a justice league or for some sort of group. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea. I mean, I trust, again, trust James Gunn in these kind of uh, ragtag group movies. <laughs> uh, but I I just, I love the idea of adding out in that hint of gray into this movie. So I'm very intrigued by this. I know 0% of any of the characters, but that's what this uh, phase one, chapter one is going to be for the DCU. Exactly. Same here. <laughs> uh, next up is the DCU batman movie titled the brave and the bold this will introduce batman and robin in this unusual father-son story inspired by grant morrison's comic series so this isn't going to be dick grayson this isn't going to be jason todd this isn't going to be tim drake robin yes there's a lot of robins this is going to be damian wayne the you mean son the guy, the guy from new girl nope sorry that's damon waynes <laughs> oh my god <laughs> somebody oh my i would laugh so hard this would never happen but there's there's a parallel there's a parallel universe somewhere out there where damon waynes is cast to play damian wayne <laughs> In a Batman Brave and the Bold movie. Yes. And I want to visit that universe and see that movie. Because <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. And I want oh. it. Uh, no. Damian Wayne is the son of Batman and Talia al Ghul. Talia, if you remember from The Dark Knight Rises, is Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Batman and her kind of have a on-again, off-again love affair thing. In this Grant Morrison comic book series, uh, he introduces uh, Damian Wayne. Batman pretty much doesn't know that this kid is out there. He gets raised by the League of Shadows as an assassin. 
and gets thrust back into Batman's life. And Batman pretty much takes him under his wing and tries to teach him to be a superhero, not an assassin. Damien Wayne in the comics is a 12-year-old boy. Going to be very curious to see if they cast age-adjacent Robin to the comics or if they're going to maybe up him up a couple of years because having a kid sidekick works in comic books. I don't know how well that's going to work in live action on the big screen. Also, I've said time and time again that my DC is mostly Batman. That being said, my Batman is the more grounded, real-world type Batman. And Grant Morrison's run, I tried to get into here and there. But even I, as a comic book fan, had a hard time with it because he deep dives into a lot of past Batman history. It's one of the things that I don't like about DC Comics a lot is that I feel like they expect you to know like the full knowledge and history and characters for the past 80, 90 some years. And I don't. And I usually get lost in DC Comics. Grant Morrison's Batman run is very much like that for me. It goes more into like the the more extraterrestrial, like mystical type stuff with Batman as well. Introducing a Robin that's an, an assassin uh, is a sign there. Uh, Batmite and Batcow were a part of this run at one point there was the batman incorporated that was like basically the spider-verse for batman but like they all existed in one universe like it it gets very convoluted that story that that run of comics and it's going to be very interesting to see how they adapt it into the movies and i'm going to be very interested to see if my feelings towards that type of batman stays as it is for me in in the comic books where my my grounded my street level my more realistic take on batman is my preference and that other batman like it it exists but i'm not that audience I'll, i'll be very curious to see if that's the case for the dcu batman with this movie i've talked a lot Kyle, I, I feel like you, you've got to have some uh, thoughts and opinions on this announcement. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's a Batman title and it's introducing a new Batman into a shared universe. So like this, this to me is like one of the biggest things. This, this is one of my most anticipated projects for the, for chapter one of the DCU. I think it's, it's going to be, it's going to be big for a lot of people. Like if this Batman works for people, they might just, okay, I'm going to opt in because this Batman works. If this Batman doesn't work, a lot of people might turn off. So it, regardless of the other, there's so many projects before this comes out. This could be make or break. That's just that. That's just kind of how my brain works on this. Batman's just such an iconic cultural character. So I, I think it's huge for them. But I think, I again, I trust them. They, a lot of this story plays out in different ways in the Arrowverse. So this is actually something that I'm somewhat familiar with. The whole Ra's al Ghul, Tali al Ghul, Oliver Queen, actually, like, it, it, there's a whole thing with the Arrowverse, with with all of this stuff. So I'm I'm very intrigued by this 
story. And I love the idea of bringing the League of Assassins into it because I think it's a it's an interesting part of comics that you can bring in and you can tell a lot of stories with that because there's a lot of old traditions that you can tell with the League of Assassins and also Ghoul and you know there's fucking uh like they basically have a fountain of youth and like there there's there's ways to tell different stories and get to different stories with the League of Assassins. There's just, it's almost like a plot hole fixer sometimes, especially on the Arrowverse. But yeah, I, I'm very excited to see, uh, first of all, I'm excited to see a Robin. I, I I haven't seen a Robin since fucking nipple Batman, you know, like, <laughs> so I, I'm excited to see that. And I think it's a very smart thing to bring that into uh, the DCU. I think that's just something we haven't seen in modern Batman movies. So I, I think it's a, if you're going to do another Batman where people are going to be like, fuck, they're doing another one. Who is playing this one? You throw in the character of Robin where he's a fucking assassin. <laughs> like, I think that that that's going to draw some people back in. So I'm, I'm very excited for this project. I'm going to be very curious to see how they do this movie, because it this is one of the projects for me that raises a lot of questions, because mm-hmm. we're going to have an this batman that's got a son he's going to be an older batman so already we have something that's different that we haven't seen movies tv shows comics and the fact that we're going to have a young superman and an old batman uh we kind of got it in the snyderverse but not really but that's going to be interesting there's a lot that this movie needs to set up and i don't know how they're going to do it in this first movie because for me Damian Wayne, if I was planning, if it was me doing the Batman movies and I was planning to have Damian Wayne, I feel like you would need at least a movie before to like set things up, like, you know, set up. Granted, we had the League of Assassins, we had Ra's al Ghul and all that in Batman Begins, but not everybody's, believe it or not, not everybody's seen Batman Begins. Not everybody has seen the Arrowverse stuff. Not every like listen, people, Arrow is on Netflix. Go watch it right now. (laughs) But if they have, like, even if they have, there's still the people that like watch this very casually that aren't gonna remember that stuff. The fact that this is the like I said, this is like the fourth Robin that we're introducing as like the first Robin in the movies. But James Gunn also made the, the comment about establishing the bat family it's a lot of stories that we're just skipping right over to get to some quote-unquote fun stuff uh with a with an assassin type robin there's this was one of the projects that had me going huh interesting like when i was setting up this whole this whole segment at the beginning where i was like there were some things i liked there were some things i thought were interesting and there were some things that i was like how are they going to do that or and this kind of falls in between the huh, interesting, how are they going to do that? Next on the list for movies, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. This is going to be a science fiction adventure, which will be based on Tom King's amazing award-winning recent comic stories. And it's going to present a Supergirl that viewers are not used to seeing. Basically, James Gunn pitched this as like Superman is... The guy that we know because he landed in small town America, was raised by mom, pa, Kent with good morals and had a, a good upbringing and 
that that's what taught him to be the hero that he's going to be. And Supergirl in this movie is going to be living on the remnants of Krypton and basically living on a post-apocalyptic outer world where her family, her friends, everybody is is dying and she's struggling to survive and then she finds her way to Earth. I have not read this series. This one I feel like is going to be an easier one to jump into if you want to read this source material before watching these movies and TV shows because this is based off of an eight issue miniseries. So eight issues and you're done. You got everything you need to know about that. It's interesting that this is going to be the Supergirl that they're going with. My question is, is this going to be a brand new Supergirl? Is it going to be the Supergirl that's going to be in the Flash movie? Is she going to carry over at all? I'm actually kind of excited about this one. Because I've heard that the book is hardcore. I've heard that the book is very good. A lot of these movies and a lot of these shows are more, they feel like they're more adult oriented, which is also interesting because we know that James Gunn with his DC projects of the past, the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, he's not afraid to do rated R DC superhero movies. If you've seen the movie Super, which Kyle hasn't, he's not afraid to do rated R superhero movies. I'm just going to keep, keep poking that there, Kyle. <laughs> Um, so it's going to be interesting if this is going to remain adult oriented, adult focused when, you know, Marvel is the, the all ages friendly for the most part. It, it's going to be interesting to see if that's the route that we stay with these DC projects. Just wait, Deadpool three is coming out soon. <laughs> I, I can't wait for this project. Uh, so to kind of link the Supergirl and Superman talk, for me, I'm very excited because I think these stories are going to link up extremely well together. We're going to get a Superman who, in their words, you know, was, was born on Krypton but raised in Kansas, you know, on Earth, and, and is now this, like, super nice guy, sees the world in a different way, is now, is still, still has those good morals in a world where that isn't as common anymore so like i I, i'm excited to see the struggles of the everyday you know kal-el not not superman battling aliens i want to see kal-el every day i think that's going to be extremely cool to just explore as a character and i think that's what's going to grip some people into this story on the flip side we're going to see a supergirl who for 14 years saw her friends and family terribly murdered in different ways and then shows up to earth to help her cousin kal-el but he's already this world famous hero he doesn't need any help she's like okay what the fuck is my purpose in life i absolutely cannot wait for those clashing stories of i don't know if we're gonna get supergirl versus superman we we probably don't need that but there's going to be a storyline in which those two clash and those two get in an argument and she potentially goes and does something against the justice league or against the you know whatever they're going to call their super group eventually like i absolutely cannot wait for this story because like the end of their quote says she is much more hardcore and not the supergirl we're used to that makes me so i like i enjoy the supergirl series on cw it's a fine show it's you know there's a lot of good characters there's a lot of good story it's very da 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 supergirl 
I can't. <laughs> I can't. What was that? What was da, that? Da, da, da. <laughs> I absolutely cannot wait for a hardcore Supergirl. That sounds so cool. It sounds hardcore, and I'm very excited for it. Last but certainly not least, as far as movies go, this is the one that I'm the most excited for. Swamp Thing is getting his own movie. Uh, this is a film that will investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing. This is the the image that James Gunn put out when he was referencing the source material is an image of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, the most acclaimed Swamp Thing run. I love the fact that he said this is going to be hardcore horror, which definitely fits the Swamp Thing character. Swamp Thing, similar to Man-Thing, which we talked about last week with uh, Werewolf by Night, both plant-like creatures, both can have ties to the overall multiverse of their universes because Swamp Thing is connected to the green which is basically like all plant life. And he can pretty much travel throughout that green in any universe. So I think that's why he's getting a movie as opposed to a TV show. Because I think we're going to be setting him up for big stuff as far as the film side of things go. Granted, this is all connected. But that being said, this was the one that I was like, hell yes. because. Batman's my guy. Swamp Thing? I have read here and there. I definitely have quite a few runs that I just haven't gotten into yet. But he would be like my next up as far as DC characters go. So I'm very excited for this. I'm, I'm excited for a horror movie of, around Swamp Thing. I first thought that it might be James Wan the creator of the conjuring universe who's doing the aquaman movies so i was like huh how fitting would that be you know hey we're wrapping up your stuff here but we like what you've done you gave us our one billion dollar dc movie in aquaman we have high hopes for aquaman too but since we're not going forward with that anymore how, how about swamp thing i thought that was the route they were gonna go News came out earlier this week, later last week, sometime, sometime in between this announcement and this episode, that James Mangold, the director of such films as The Wolverine, Logan, and Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny, is throwing his hat in the ring to direct Swamp Thing. He's very much like sharing lots of Swamp Thing posts on Twitter and talking about wanting to do Swamp Thing. Either, either one of those. I'd be absolutely okay, perfect with. I am I'm very excited for this project. This is one of the ones that I think I'm the most excited for out of this announcement. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly really excited for this too. I think it's it's a strong stance that they're taking, putting this, as they say, closing out chapter one. Um, so I think they have a lot of faith in the movie and they have a lot of faith in the idea. I'm I Based on internet discourse, it's unclear to some people if this is an Elseworld project or if it's part of the DCU. I also couldn't get a clear verbiage out of James Gunn when I rewatched the video a few times. 
it could, who knows at this point, but either way, I think if it's Elseworld, it almost gives it more possibility uh, to dive deeper into some weird shit. If it's part of the universe, I think that's fine too. I think they can build a darker side of the DCU. I don't think that's a problem. Either way, I think it's going to be good. Again, almost with all of these projects, I'm, I kind of wanted to say this at the beginning, but I complete, we got lost in a lot of this stuff. Uh, most of these projects also hinge on the fact that we don't know directors, some writers, we don't know actors for almost any of these parts yet. So, I mean, if 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 we get some announcement, if we get Anthony Starr as uh, what's what's the we, we haven't talked about it yet, but if we get Anthony Starr as Booster Gold, I mean, that might be my most anticipated project in this thing. But at this point, I have no idea. I'm very curious to know who's involved in this project. But I like the I know nothing about Swamp Thing zero nothing but i like the idea of it and i like the idea of this being a horror film so i'm excited but like most of these projects i need to know who's involved i think i i read that as swamp thing was going to be part of the dcu and not in elseworlds i i know characters like constantine originated from swamp thing Love Constantine. Constantine first appeared in that Alan Moore run of Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is very heavily involved in the darker, mystical type characters of the DC Universe and is a big part of the Justice League Dark team, which I feel like would be right up James Gunn's alley. And I know a lot of people in the past have tried to do the Justice League Dark movie live action tv show what have you and the fact that he when he mentioned the elseworlds titles he talked about the batman he talked about uh joker folia do and then this was well after that so i took that as like this is part of the dcu proper not an elseworlds title that's just me because that's just how i interpreted it I think it would be smart to have him be a part of the just the DCU as a whole. Cause like I said, if we if we introduce Justice League Dark into the mix too and had Justice League Dark, the Justice League and the Authority like square off, that could be a whole lot of fun. Let's jump into TV. This is the first thing that James Gunn announced. <laughs> and this was the one that I was like, this makes sense for a James Gunn project, but what the fuck is this? Because, again, me being a comic book reader, I had never heard of this until this announcement. No clue that it even existed. And that would be Creature Commandos. This is going to be a seven-part animated show in which Amanda Waller creates a Black Ops team out of monstrous prisoners. James Gunn has written all of the episodes of the first season. This is fully into production right now. During this announcement, I, I don't remember if it was these characters for sure, but during the animated announcement, being the Creature Commandos, he talked about how actors for animated stuff and video games would voice those characters in animation and in video games and intend to bring them into live action as well. So maybe we'll get Creature Commandos in live action someday. Maybe we won't. This again, this was the one that I was like, what is this? But it sounds like it's like, at least in the comic books, it sounds like this was like uh, Frankenstein's monster, werewolves, vampires versus Nazis. Yes. 
<laughs> and that sounds right up James Gunn's alley. So this was the one that I was like, not surprised. This definitely screams James Gunn, but yeah. interesting that this is the, not only was this the first TV announcement that he made, this was his first new project announcement. I was like, Oh, way, way to take a hard swing right off the gate. <laughs> yeah. Like you mentioned it, it, it's a bunch of classic fairy tale, quote unquote monsters against Nazis. And that that's their first iteration in the, in the comics. But this classic or this run is now going to be a more modern version of that, I guess, quote unquote. I'm very excited to see who they oppose. This could be a very fun thing against my favorite people on Twitter. Uh, so I'm very intrigued uh, about this, especially because of, I mean, we're going to get fucking Sean Gunn in this right away because fucking Weasel's in this. But we're also getting Rick Flagg Sr. Intriguing by that. Frank, uh, Eric Frankenstein and Mrs. Frankenstein. But I think my favorite part of this is, I believe the producer or someone involved, I can't remember what his official title is, but one of the guys involved with this, along with with James Gunn, is the same guy from Doom Patrol. So I think this is I. There's going to be a lot of those flavors. I've never seen that, but I've heard a lot of good things from that. So if anyone's a fan of Doom Patrol, you can almost expect a lot of the same stuff going into this series. I love that he said we're going to cast people for the animated series, and they're probably going to, with the intent of them playing their live action selves. That just means in a lot of people's contracts, it's going to be like, okay, you're going to voice these characters. And if we ever want to do these live action, we're going to bring you in for that on the first call. If for some reason you can't, well, we may recast you or something like that. But like, this is going to be involved in every single person's contract. Like whoever they cast for Batman or Superman, they're going to be like, okay, you may need to do some voice work at some point. That needs to be known. So I I love that. It's something Marvel has done for the most part. They've, they've recast a few people in like what if and stuff like that star wars has done a really good job with this i can't remember the character's name but there's a character in mandalorian and clone wars bo-katan there it is look at me getting better um but yeah i i think that was the biggest part of this announcement that we're going to get people like once you cast the person as a character they're going to play that character no matter what the medium so i'm very intrigued by this speaking of Amanda waller the waller series Starring Viola da Davis. Viola Davis. God, can't talk right now. This series will be featuring the Team Peacemaker and will be written by Crystal Henry, who wrote the Watchmen series, and Jeremy Carver, who was a writer on Supernatural. This is kind of going to be what I'm assuming the, the Peacemaker spinoff until we can get Peacemaker. This is one of those things where... Viola Davis is coming back once again as Amanda Waller, which don't blame them. That was perfect casting right from the start. But that's one of the carryovers from the DCEU into the regular DCU. Could be one of those confusing things for some people. It's going to be curious to see how they balance that. But I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I kind of hope that, well, I just read it. Never mind. I was going to say, I kind of hope that James Gunn writes this, but it, it sounds like different people are writing it because I don't think other than making this show a thing and being like an overall like producer, since you're the one of the head chairman of the DC universe, I don't think James Gunn is going to have much involvement in this, even though it sounds like it's a 
a Peacemaker spinoff just because of all the things that he's got going on on his plate being, you know, uh, co-CEO <laughs> of the company. So interesting. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, me too. I obviously huge fan of Peacemaker. And from what I understand, too, this is falling in between Peacemaker Season 1 and Peacemaker Season 2. So this is going to be a bridge into Peacemaker Season 2, which I'm very excited about because apparently we're getting Hardcore, we're getting Diebeard, we're getting, I can't remember the other, I think uh, Amanda Waller's niece as well. I think those are the three characters that'll be kind of carrying over. So they're getting almost another assignment as punishment from the, they're just going to keep getting punished every, they're going to, they're going to succeed at their mission, but then they're going to get punished because they don't do it Amanda Waller's way. I, yes, keep that up, please. Cause that's awesome. Yeah. I, like you said, Viola Davis is perfect. I, they need to keep her. I'm glad they're keeping her. This is going to be a fun series. Even though James Gunn isn't involved in this, I think, Obviously, there's not <laughs> there's not like three weeks worth of like Marvel content that people need to watch. So like all they all these creators need to do is go watch Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and they'll be caught up on the characters and the vibe of the story and what they need to tell. So I, I fully trust that even though he may not be involved in this, this will still I think this will still be faithful to the script. The Waller series, a.k.a. James Gunn, making sure his wife stays employed. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh moving on she was this... in black adam oh my god i keep forgetting about that <laughs> <laughs> moving on this was a project where i've always been curious about the character but now i'm very excited to to kind of deep dive into it before this series comes out and that would be the booster gold series this is the story of booster gold who uses basic technology from the future to pretend to be a superhero in present day this is going to be a comedy series this sounds like deadpool from the future i'm excited for this show like i said i've always been curious about the character never really known where to jump in with the character again comic book guy but like usually people are like where do i start with this guy and i have the answers and i don't have the answers so i'm actually really kind of excited to figure out where to go but yeah i'm excited for this show uh, it's going to come down to who they cast to be this character. There's been a couple of fan casts that I'm on board with. I haven't heard Anthony Starr, who you just brought up, but like from what I've heard about this character, like I, I don't see him. Really? Him, like I, I don't think I'd be too upset. Sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to manifest. I'm trying to bring into the world Anthony Starr as this character. I think it would be fucking phenomenal. Anthony Starr in any capacity in a superhero movie needs to happen now. Give him six movies. Anyway, yes, I'm very excited for this because this feels like a comedic take on the Kang the Conqueror character, which I cannot because it like we're about to get the dark taste of it, and then we're going to eventually get this take on it, which like because Kang Kang is like traveling back in time and using his superior knowledge to take over the world right but this guy is like i'm gonna just gonna travel back in time and use my technology so that people like me and i love that i don't know there's just the, this egotistical like re relatableness to this character that i i again never read a comic haven't heard of him until this announcement but from what i've heard of this character oh i'm so excited especially if they if, if they cast someone who has an ounce of charisma <laughs> and can play this half comedically half seriously like I, I i think this could be such a hit show this this could be another peacemaker in my opinion the uh fan casting that i've 
that I've heard the most that I would 100% be on board for is Glenn Powell. He played Hangman in Top Gun Maverick, and he's he's very charismatic in that in that show. He's kind of it's kind of a dick, kind of an asshole, but kind of works for that character. And he has been very vocal about the fact that like he would love to play this character. So I think he would be the perfect casting for that. That would be my fan casting. Booster Gold is a character that, uh, again, based off of the things that I heard about him, like like he's coming from the future to pretend to be a superhero. He's doing things like trying to be a superhero for money, as in he gets sponsorships and like has sponsors on his uniforms. So like, let's just say, uh, I don't know, uh, Bud Light. Be- becomes a sponsor of booster gold he'd have a bud light like patch on his uniform like stuff like that it i i'm very excited for this for this character i'm very excited to see him live action and i'm excited to kind of learn more about him the next show on this list so booster gold swamp thing and this next show i think are on like my top three most excited as far as these dc announcements go this next show being Lanterns. This enormous TV event series is going to follow intergalactic cops, John Stewart and Hal Jordan, two of the most popular Green Lanterns, as they uncover a dark mystery. The dark mystery that's going to be what this whole phase is going to be about. That's the mystery that they're going to be uncovering. I love the fact that it's Hal Jordan and John Stewart and the pitch that James Gunn gave for this show is that this is basically going to be true detective with Green Lanterns. And for those of you who watch True Detective, especially season 1, sign me up. I'm all on board. You get supernatural like detective mystery stuff with Green Lanterns. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this show. Yeah, this this is the best way to do this. I, I know little to nothing about Lanterns, but you don't... This, to me, feels like what they what Eternals almost could have been. Like, there's so many things that you can do with this world and these characters that it would be a fucking crime to try to shove it all into one movie. <laughs> so, doing a true detective series where you do, especially where you start off with Hal Jordan and John Stewart from The Daily Show. Just kidding. <laughs> but you start with these two, and eventually you can do more seasons of this show. This feels like the low-key, potentially, of the DCU, where you can do multiple seasons. You can bring in more lanterns, and you can tell their story while still doing true crime detective shit. Like, this is going to be awesome. This is what a lot of superhero... Th- this could bring in a lot of people to the, to the DCU, but this is going to feed a lot of, like, a lot of DCU... A lot of DC fans like Lanterns, but it has not been done well. Like, I've never seen it done well. I've never heard of it being done. Like, people hate how the Lanterns are portrayed, but everyone shits on the Ryan Reynolds movie. I still will never waste my time with that. It was teased in the Arrowverse, but it was never touched on. So, like, I'm I'm so excited because... Everyone else is excited for this, but I know nothing about these characters. So I'm very, I love true crime stuff. I love that kind of television. So I'm, I, I'm all in on this. I'm excited to, for, 
to dive into this world for the first time. Usually in the comics, like the Green Lantern Corps would be there, but you'd have like your main focus, like your main character. Yeah. Well, because and... they own, they're they're almost like the Jedi, where they have like their own fucking quadrants of the universe. And ever since like this, ever since a Green Lantern movie show was hinted at ever being a possibility, people were always like. Who are they going to pick? Are they going to pick either Hal Jordan or are they going to pick Jon Stewart? And I love that James Gunn was like, why can't we do both? I love the idea. I don't know if we're going to do like this is the end of Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart's starting to take over or if they're both just I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I love the fact that they're doing that. Like you said, I love that they're just going to do both. And then I think they'll eventually just say fuck it we'll just go into another quadrant of the universe that's i honestly another thing that i wanted to mention just the dcu and as a whole i'm so excited for them to dig more into the universe of the dcu not like you know street level fucking batman i don't want to see i do want to see more of that of course but i want to see <laughs> i want to see the greater universe and other worlds within the dcu you know what i i, I don't want to just keep seeing ex military motherfuckers <laughs> battling aliens i want to see aliens fighting aliens in outer space and that's kind of i feel like that's what we've missed with the dcu and i feel like that's what we're getting more of with this announcement and i like the different genres that they're tapping into like supergirl being sci-fi swamp thing being horror booster gold being a comedy uh creature commandos being a weird animated thing lanterns being a detective show not only are we getting all these different characters and these different stories, but we're getting all these different genres that we're going to be tapping into too, which speaking of last, but certainly not least the last TV show that was announced paradise lost. This is going to be set in Themyscira home of the Amazons and birthplace of wonder woman. This is going to be a drama that focuses on the Genesis and political intrigue of an Island of all women so this is basically the or origin story of themiscara the origin story of paradise island with this phase being titled gods and monsters this is where you're going to be getting the gods because the gods created the amazon warriors and james gunn said that this is going to be the dc's version of game of thrones again these these hook these hook keywords that are going to be bringing these people into this I, i'm very very intrigued by this show i part of me hopes that since this is a show that's based on an island of all women and that it's probably going to be majority women cast i hope that the creators of the show are also going to be women it'd be kind of fun especially get, get a more accurate representation of you know how things would probably be <laughs> i'll be honest it'd be kind of fucked up if it wasn't <laughs> very true but i've seen weirder things in hollywood <laughs> i'm excited for this too i'm not a game of thrones fan but the style of show i think intrigues me within characters that i already know to me game of thrones is just i it's a whole thing i won't get into it but <laughs> for a for a set of characters in a parameter of a world that i already know that style of show does intrigue me so i'm i'm excited for this I think it potentially could set up Diana to return later and Gal Gadot to reprise her role. Or we could get a new Wonder Woman at the end of this. Who knows? Like this, this show could set up, this show will set up either a new Wonder Woman or Gal Gadot returning. 
either way, it's going to be a big moment. And I think this show could, again, like you mentioned, there's so many different varieties of projects that they're doing. And I think that's a, such a great job where you look at, you look at like phase one of the MCU and it's just fucking superhero movie, superhero movie, superhero, which is obviously what it was going to be. If they were redoing it now, it would be different. But I, I like the approach that DC, that DC is taking. I like what James Gunn is doing. This is obviously thought out. That's what gives me so much hope in some of these projects is a lot of this is so well thought out. It's not like there's not two Game of Thrones series. This one is a Game of Thrones series. This one's a true detective series. This one's a comedy. Like it, it feels very well planned out. There's a game plan. It's not yes. like, oh, we did a movie that didn't work. Now what the fuck are we going to do? Oh, let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Now what are we going to do? It's not oh, one director this- telling a story and then, oh, I'm going to tell a different story with this other movie with all the same characters. DC, Star Wars, we're looking at you. <laughs> Mostly Star Wars. <laughs> Fair. Uh, any final thoughts, Kyle, before we wrap up this DC talk? Again, we need to know who's playing these characters. However, I'm very excited for this first chapter in DCU. I trust James Gunn with all of my heart and all of my brain. So if he lets me down, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm very excited. I'm excited too. I'm very, I'm very intrigued with some of these announcements. I'm very excited for others. Uh, I'm excited to kind of jump into some of these comics too. Uh, again, I love that they highlighted the comic aspect of it. The this is what we're going to be referencing for this series. This is what we're going to be tapping into for this movie. I love that we're we're bringing focus to comics as well. After that announcement, like most of those comics went like sold out everywhere amazon (laughs) like walmart target everywhere that you could order those books that they basically sold out everywhere so it's it's exciting to see that people are also excited to check out this material before we get these shows these movies these video games all these all this dcu stuff i'm very excited uh switching gears just slightly Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is coming out next week. Like we said, unfortunately, we won't be having an episode next week. So we won't get to talk about this then. So let's talk about it now. We are recording this episode on a Wednesday. The Hollywood premiere came out last night on Tuesday. And first responses came out. And the first responses are very positive. A lot of people saying that this is the best in the Ant-Man series. A lot of people praising. Uh, Jonathan Majors as Kang saying that he's like the standout of the movie. He steals the show. He commands and owns the movie when he enters. For a lot of people say that Modoc is a fun and funny addition to the movie. So that's exciting. I've heard that it's it's a lot more serious of a tone compared to the other Ant-Man movies that have come out, which is to be expected with the stakes that have been teased for this movie a lot of people comparing it to star wars saying that this is marvel's star wars this movie and that it gets very weird very intergalactic lots of stuff coming out kyle have you seen any of these reactions and what are your thoughts i've only actually seen one non-spoiler review by a person that i personally very trust with movie analysis and opinions So a lot of the stuff that I heard from you, that's very good because 
the review that I saw was a lot of the same Jonathan Majors praise, which I not not a surprise at all from watching the last episode of Loki and seeing the trailers. I love Jonathan Majors. He's quickly becoming genuinely one of my favorite actors. And it's I've seen him in like two things. So I can't wait to see him in more. I can't it from what I've heard, his performance in this in itself makes people excited for the rest of this of the next two phases of the MCU, which is just awesome to hear because I yes, can't wait. If you have a good villain, it makes everything else so much better. So that makes me so excited in itself. I heard that if you were a fan of the first two Ant-Man movies, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this one because it's not, it's, you're right. It's not the same tone, but I don't think a lot of people expected it to be the same tone. It's going to open up the same tone. We're going to get, you know, him getting the employee of the year award with the fake name at the, at fucking Baskin Robbins. Right. Like, and we're going to get, thank you, Spider-Man. And we're going to get some, we're going to get some fun stuff before they get sucked up into the quantum Quantum realm. The quantum realm. Thank there's so many quantum <laughs> words. My brain malfunctioned there for a second. Okay. Yes. I'm <laughs> from everything that I've heard from people from, from the early reviews of this show or from this movie. It has only made me more excited. It has only made me anticipate the viewing experience even more. Like I cannot wait for this movie. I, I I don't think anyone could build expectations more. With not a in not in a bad thing. I'm I say that, but like I'm I'm not one of those people who goes in. People know this who listen to the to the podcast. I'm not one of those people who goes into a movie expecting it to be a perfect ten out of ten. I'm going into a movie, yes, with high expectations, but I will give I will take what the movie gives to me. So I'm while I'm going in with high expectations, I also I I can't imagine me coming out of this movie disappointed. Cut to two weeks me being this movie fucking sucks, but probably not. I'm rambling at this point, but I'm I'm very excited for this. The only thing that makes me a little cautious about this movie is one of the critics that I follow that I share pretty similar opinions with was at the premiere last night, and he said that there were some things that they showed in the trailers that he wished he hadn't seen. Oh, no, that's your Which biggest... makes... Me think that what we saw in that last trailer is the third act of the movie now and not the end of the first act like I was hoping, which makes me a little disappointed. But that being said, I don't think that's going to ruin yeah. my experience with the movie. But I think I will be like, oh, man, I wish I went to scene like this setup in the trailer compared yeah. to how they did it in the movie. But. Overall, I'm very excited for this movie. As you remember, this was like my number two, number three most anticipated movie of this year. That hasn't changed. It's I'm still very much looking forward to it. I'm very happy that it's going to fit in my schedule next week. Unfortunately, you'll have to wait two weeks for us to talk about it. But I'm I'm so excited that it's finally here next week. I cannot wait to see this movie. I can't wait to see Kang because the thing that makes me the most excited is there were a lot, and I mean a lot of people that came out of this movie last night that said that Kang is a more menacing, a better villain than Thanos. <laughs> like people are saying that already just coming out of this movie. So like 
that makes me so excited that this is the movie that's setting up our ultimate villain for phases five and six. The word that people I've seen multiple people use now, uh, and I just had to look up because I thought I knew what it meant, and now I know I'm for sure know what it means. The word that people have used to describe this movie is Susian, meaning Dr. Seuss, like extremely like a well-told story while also being fantastic and whimsical. So I'm that in itself, if they're breaking out that kind of fucking phrasing, I'm in. <laughs> a lot of people said weird. There were a lot of reviews awesome. that said that this is a weird movie. Good. And Which it I think that be. might throw off some, but exactly. We're going into the quantum realm. Like, exactly. give it to me. Like, I'm I'm excited. Uh, give, give me weird. Give me give me a space war opera like they've been talking about. Give me yeah. some high stakes. Give me fucking badass king which it sounds like they're going to deliver. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. And before we can wrap this up, let's jump into our favorite segment on the podcast, the best stuff recommendations of the week. Kyle, you've been chomping at the bit for the last like 48 hours about the best stuff this week. So why don't you kick us off and start with your best stuff? I watched the movie last night because I got home from work late and then i knew i had to go into work early today so i was like why try to do anything let's just sit down and watch a movie before i go to bed i told brian i was watching a movie i didn't tell him what movie i was gonna watch i'm excited to tell you because i'm pretty sure you watched this i can't I'm, I'm pretty sure you did but i finally got to watch nicholas cage in an unbearable way of massive talent i own this movie so i have seen it fucking great movie <laughs> um it's slow I will admit it starts off a little bit where I was kind of on my phone. Everyone said, I'll cut myself on my phone and maybe I had to re-catch myself up on some things. But once it gets going and once you are really into the story, I really enjoyed it. It's extremely meta. If you're a fan of Nicolas Cage and seen multiple movies of his, you're going to enjoy it. I Pedro Pascal, I mean, he's he's the hot item right now. So, like, this is a perfect movie to go see, especially because he... He does so. There's a slight twist. I don't want to give it away for anyone who... So, for anyone who has seen this movie, you'll understand what I'm about to say. I expected the twist, but I still was, like, surprised. Again, it's a small twist. It's not a huge twist. I was like, man, can you imagine if he's right about that? And then he ends up being right about it. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I enjoyed this. It's fun. There's a lot of callbacks. There's a lot of meta-commentary. It's just it's just a really fun movie. This is definitely a niche movie. I, yes. I feel like if you're if you're a Nicolas Cage fan, you're gonna get a lot out of this movie. You're gonna really enjoy it. If you're not, you might not like this movie. Uh, like Kyle said, it is a little bit of a slow burn for like the first half of the movie until things really start to pick up. Big thing that came out of this movie is that an even better movie than The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Would be padded too, <laughs> which I still need to watch. But apparently, it is because I've heard I've heard people say how good Paddington Two is, and then this movie just like, all right, I need to fucking watch Paddington. Apparently, I've seen Paddington One, and I will admit it was a delightful movie. I have not seen Paddington Two, but the the high praise that that movie gets, yeah, the fact that like like manly men I've heard said that, that weeped in that movie. I'm like, oh, that's got to be a special movie 
It has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes to this day. Yeah. Uh, Again, I I need to see it as well. Maybe maybe we'll do a special episode in the future where uh, we get together and do a Paddington 1 and 2 marathon. (laughs) Finally getting together and hanging out in person again. And we watch Paddington 2 and review it. Ah, yes. That needs to be in the plans for the summer. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) My best stuff this week is something that we all should have seen already. Something that I know I've seen already. Something I know Kyle has seen many times. But I'm going to best off it this week to prepare everybody who maybe didn't have this on their agenda. And that would be to rewatch Loki season one, the Loki series on Disney plus. Uh, my girlfriend and I did that this past week to prepare for quantum mania because Kang being the villain of quantum mania was set up in the season finale of Loki season one spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it already. Uh, so Kyle, I know you said in the past that at least watch the season finale, but I would highly recommend just rewatching the whole season as a whole because yes. we did our rankings last week of phase four. Yep. I'm bumping Loki season one up to the number two spot. Wow. I had it in number three and I had WandaVision at number two. I'm bumping Loki up to number two because I had a blast the second time around. I feel like I got a lot more out of it the second time than I did the first time the there are just little things about this show that that are built for me that work for me and the fact that this was my least anticipated thing for phase four when it was announced i was definitely the very vocal guy that was like why the fuck do we need a loki show like haven't we done enough with him already aren't we stretching like him a little bit too far like yes i get it tom hiddleston's great he makes a great Loki, but haven't we done this enough? And this show was like, we haven't even fucking started. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. Because <laughs> this show fucking rocks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The last two episodes. The fact that I'll pull them up right over here. I never thought that yeah. we would get classic 1960s comic book Loki in live action. In his costume. Never thought in my entire life that I would see that in live action on the big screen. They have the perfect casting for him. That episode is awesome. We get Kid Loki in there. He's got to be back for Young Avengers because Kid Loki is in the Young Avengers. And in that would world, make sense to have him in there. Multiverse, yeah, yeah I, I love this show. I, I'm. It made me... That much more excited for Quantum Mania. It makes me that much more excited for Loki season two, especially with how it ends. I'm like, where are we gonna pick up? Like, where is this show gonna start again? Like, because when it ended, this was back when none nothing had a season two. We all thought that these were like one and done's, and it was like, what? That's it? What the fuck? And then they, boom, drop Loki season two. And I was like, oh, my God. Sylvie? I love Sylvie. She's so great. It hurts what she did, but it made sense. 
love this show love yes. this show <laughs> it's phenomenal it's uh, it's the best series that the mcu has done i cannot wait for season two i don't know if i can't believe they had the foresight to say hey this is gonna be the best shit we put out so let's just go ahead and make it uh season two there's fucking kang he who remains the fact that, again i said this last week but they established no i said it two weeks ago they established the fact that variants can look the same or different they had they had two variants fall in love with each other they established the time variance. Fucking Loki with a fire sword. Fucking, ah! This movie, I, and they already have been dropping little teasers for season two. What is that? Oh, I know exactly what that is. It's the fucking frog, frog Thor in the fucking, oh my God. There's so many good Easter eggs in that show too. If you just watch with a fucking eagle eye, there's so, especially in the later episodes in the last two or three, when they're in the, you know, the end of time by life, there's so, so, so many good Easter eggs just in those episodes. Ah, what a good show. What a great show. I absolutely love it. Cannot wait for season two. I would not be surprised if we see Loki in, in, in a mid credit slash post credit scene at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. I wouldn't either to set that show up. because, Or that... at least, at least, Miss Minutes who I cannot wait to see more of this minutes. Very intriguing character as well. I thought just a very throwaway, here's a fun little, hey, y'all. I think Miss Minutes is going to play. I think Miss Minutes is sentient, and I think she's working with Kang, and I can't wait. <laughs> and for all the people that had a problem with Loki falling in love with Sylvie, basically like Loki falling in love with himself, he's a narcissist. Of course he would. Fucking Owen Wilson, uh, Mobius in the show, flat out says that same thing. He's like, of course you would. That makes sense. You're the most narcissistic person in the world. And they're like, oh, it was weird when they kissed. And it's like, do you masturbate? Do you self-pleasure <laughs> yourself? That's the same thing. Loki, uh, Loki Laufey-son <laughs> is the only character in media history. There's probably one or two others, but like the perfect character to fall in love with their multiversal self. But it's just perfect. But we still didn't see it coming. It's just so good. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah. As you can see, I, like I was showing Kyle, I have like three Marvel Legends and a Funko Pop from the Loki series. And the fact that I put it at number two, all that stuff, like you'd guess that that was my most favorite thing. Except then mm -hmm. I also have the, uh, the three pack of the Spideys above me as well. So, uh, yeah. If No Way Home wouldn't have come out in Phase Four, Loki would have been my favorite show out of season out of Phase Four. So, uh, love, love, love that show. Cannot wait for season two coming this summer. So I agree. I think we're gonna get Loki in a post credit because perfect time, yeah. perfect time to set that up, especially because yeah. Kang's gonna be in there, exactly. and. I think it would be weird to set up Loki season two in Guardians, and that would be like yeah. the next movie before Loki. This movie makes sense to set it up. I just hope to God that they don't do the "Hey, we're gonna make this po this uh, mid credit post credit scene a teaser trailer for the the season," like fucking Multiverse of Madness did in in uh no way home and like uh, avengers and the first captain america movie and like i 
I don't like when they do that. Like, why waste a, a mid-credit, post-credit scene on a teaser trailer that eventually we're all going to just watch online and then forget about? Yeah, I, I don't like the idea either. I You have to try it once or twice to see if it works. It doesn't work. Stop doing it. <laughs> exactly. That'll do it. We have been your Midwestern nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you like to send us an email, you can send that to Midwestern Nerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind, all of these things. Help this podcast to continue to improve and grow and be the Midwesterners podcast that you, the listener, want to listen to. Next week, we won't be here. So don't look for us because you won't find us. The following week, I can more than guarantee, I can 120% guarantee you that we will be coming out with an Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania spoiler episode. Because that's what we do on the show. We don't give you non-spoiler shit. Do your homework. Watch the stuff. Then come back. Listen to us. We're going to get into all of the things that we love about the movie. Maybe some things that we don't. Hopefully that's not too long of a list. And uh, our speculations on where we're going to go next in the MCU after this movie. The things that this movie is going to set up. All that and more in two weeks. For your Midwestern nerds this week, I've been Brian Stoffel. And I've been K.O. Kyle Olson. And whether it's Beer Brats comics or a mad scheme thought up by James Gunn for your movie, TV, video game universe. Give it her. <laughs> he just kept going. Yeah. It's kept the going. Yet. <laughs> I like it. Keep people on the... I don't...